When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Must Have Seen TV listeners. Before we get into part two of Must Have Pride Month, I have an Apple podcast review that I want to read to everyone as encouragement to go to iTunes as long as iTunes is still around, and leave a glowing review for this show. So yeah, the title is A++ Chaotic Rambler, right? Says someone who grew up with these shows, I really enjoy this critical dive into my nostalgia. I was raised by TGIF, and this is like going to a family reunion as an adult where you learn which relatives are queer like you, which ones are the family pariahs, and who was secretly fun the whole time but you were too young to appreciate it. Brett White is witty and knowledgeable and has great funny and smart guest hosts like the cast of Mission to Zix, side note, which is a great podcast, and the esteemed Elle Collins, who you can hear on the recent Andy Griffith Show episode. This podcast is Aces. Will please consider watching the pancake episode of Sabrina. Uh, yes, we discussed that pancake episode in the Sabrina episode that we covered with uh, Lizzie Bryce and Marshall Fence. She just brought it up. We didn't actually talk about it. I would love to watch it, so keep an eye out for that. I will definitely do that episode. Want to give it a little bit of breathing room since we just did Sabrina, so maybe in a couple months? That's just incentive to stick around. So, if you're loving all the gay stuff I'm doing on the podcast right now, please go to Twitter and search the hashtag, hashtag MustHavePride, and you can find all sorts of historical sitcom gay queer history bits that I am putting up every day on the Twitter feed. And, you know, why not talk to me on Twitter and let me know if you have any favorite gay sitcom characters, gay queer sitcom episodes, writers. I would love to know writers and directors uh, that you admire that are of the prideful persuasion. So without further ado, though, let's get into Murphy Brown. Come out, come out, wherever you are, it's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter, producer for Decider.com. This week, I am joined by an original member of the School of Rockcast on Broadway and former writer for TV Land's Throwing Shade, yeah. Michael Hartney. Hi. What up? <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for coming out for Pride Month. Coming uh, out for yes. Pride Month. I, I, I decided it was time. Yeah. After how long now? Yeah. I, just so many, so many uh, surreptitious uh, guy banging. Yeah. It's over. And it's like got to really acknowledge it now. So many dreams of being gay. Yeah. So many dreams. I realized while I was doing that intro that I really should have rewrote it to be a lot more Yas Queenie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Because for Christmas and Halloween and stuff, I did like 
Twas the Night Before Christmas, and, like, I went really, like, over... And you have to remember, there's only one way to be gay. Right, exactly. It, gay culture is a monolith, <laughs> and every <laughs> single gay thing has to be like, work, yes, I mean, yes, indeed. It's this, this weird come-around where, like, I, I spent all my 20s totally, like, pushing that away, where now in my 30s I, like, embrace it a lot more, and so yeah. therefore I like giving into the stereotypes because I'm no longer afraid of the stereotype. Yeah. Is that a thing? No, that's good. Oh. That sounds like growth. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe arcs. eventually you'll swing back around to being like, oh, and then some of these these bits <laughs> of gay culture aren't in fact for me, and those I can <sighs> and let the the people who enjoy me, I, those things enjoy them. Every time I listen to a gay podcast and I just hear nothing but a housewife's talk, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. That's, that's not, those that's, aren't my people. That's not what I am here for, but I am here for Drag Race. I'm here for Drag Race, yeah. and I will say I do watch Real Housewives of only New York. <laughs> and even They're, that might be going away, because I don't think this season is good. Uh, everyone who likes Drag Race should also go find your Character's Welcome. Was it a Character's Welcome sketch you did of the worst Drag, drag Race queen in history? What That's season correct. was that air? Was that like during like 6, 7? When did you do God, that? God, I have no idea. Um, it came out in November of 2015. So that is, oh god, that's like season 8 time? like seven Maybe. But it truly was just based on the fact that like... The first episode of every single season, you know you're going to have to sew something. Yeah, it's a sewing so challenge, if you honey. find out that you're going to be on Drag Race, learn how to fucking sew, you dumbass bitch. Yeah, because you have months. Right, exactly. Because you have enough time to get the other ten looks together. The ones that you bring with you. Exactly. You know <laughs> so. what those ornate looks are going to be. You certainly have time to like sew like, something. No, it's like or even this year, sewed you come again with like, I'm just going to wrap, a, yeah. like drape myself in fabric. I guess I'll just weird. talk about my leaky sis on the roadway. butthole sis. Uh, no, so, ma'am. Uh, hopefully I'm going to get to do an episode of Sick on with RuPaul in it. That's my plan. Oh. later when I'm in drag. Oh, that's so. good. Um, but this week, we are keeping it super gay. Uh, honey. <laughs> Work! Yes, also, bitch! Like, just in general, my podcast is super gay because every week I talk about which weird character I want to fuck on this show. Exactly. You're, you're Larry Hagman's. You're, Plus, you fetishize you're John just 20th century, like, <laughs> entertainment. I think that's very queer. Yeah, that's my whole life. How did I not know before that was 21? Uh, this week we'll be traveling to March 4th, 1992. Wayne's World ruled the box office. <gasps> to Be With You by Mr. Big topped the charts. <gasps> And CBS aired the Murphy Brown episode, Come Out, Come Out, Wherever You Are. Michael, you must have seen Come Out, Come Out, Wherever You Are before today. I did. I watched it on March 4th. March 4th, 1992. Uh, so, you suggested this, because I was reaching out to people to come on for the gay months, and I was like, you know, do you have an episode, or I have, like, I have, I have a list. Lordy, I have a list. There's actually a really great list on Wikipedia that is, um... List of television episodes with LGBT themes throughout television history. Somehow not curated by you? No, like... That's that, incredible. It's it's uh, helped me out a lot in my writing for work. But it's listed pre-Stonewall and then pre l It's like it's like post-Stonewall, pre-Ellen coming out. Like, that is the time frame, really. Right. And it is so wild, like, that those are the markers. It's like Stonewall and Ellen DeGeneres coming out. But it's like, they really are the markers? They were huge tectonic... Cultural yeah. shifts. Because Ellen coming out gave Doris the very first out acknowledged queer lead on television. Yeah. Because there was one, uh, Love Sydney, starring Tony Randall in the early 80s, where they did a TV movie where he was a gay man, but then when it became a TV show, they just never acknowledged it. Oh, right. 
<laughs> and then Billy Crystal on soap. Yeah, supporting. Does he not count? He's supporting. Cause he's, oh, because he's yeah. not a lead. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. And also, wildly problem. Or wildly conflating trans and gay people <laughs> at the same I time. Mean, but, you know. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Sure. But so you were like, I want to do this episode because you remembered it. You remember, like, I remember there was a Murphy Brown gay episode. That's all I remember. Yes. I truly remembered that. And I remembered one joke from the show. And then as we were watching it, I remembered a second joke because I knew <laughs> it was about to happen. Yeah. Which is an incredible thing to have happened to your memory. Yeah. Something that happened, what, 27, 27 years, years ago? 27 years ago, yeah. Um, flood back into your head. So do you think that you imprinted on, like, so where were you in your, like, sexual orientation journey in 1992? <laughs> That's interesting. So this is, uh, this is weird. Uh, so I was 11. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, almost 12. And so, you know, puberty had not yet happened. Did you know what gay people were at that age? Yes. Okay. I for sure knew what gay okay. people were. I think in So Murphy four- Brown wasn't uh, bringing that to you. <laughs> no. So in fourth grade. Um, well, actually, there's so many, like, bits and pieces. Oh, yeah. um, so I remember, like... I guess I was, like, oh, maybe it came out in, like, 89. No, it came out in 87. The sequel to Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> which, because it was rated PG-13, I had much more access to than yeah, the yeah. original Revenge yeah. of the Nerds. And there's that gay character on that. Oh, there is. Yeah, there's a gay... I mean, it is just as problematic as you could possibly Revenge imagine. of the Nerds not <laughs> using a light touch there? Not a light touch, No. <laughs> It was, so uh, there was a queer person of color in this uh, this group of nerds. I mean, I guess there's something cool about like, yeah. oh, we're all outcasts, so we're all friends with each other. But I don't remember it being like handled in a remotely. Right. So, like, I can't wait to be like that when I grow right, up. Right, exactly. It's not a... um, I could, in fact, wait forever to be like that. <laughs> um, and then in fourth grade... Uh, in the locker room, in gym class, someone said, uh, did you hear that um, Jordan Knight, uh, his stomach was pumped? You know that old thing, yeah. like Rod Stewart? Yeah, it used to be about Rod Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's generational. And so they pumped his stomach and they found sperm. <laughs> and being like a full idiot, I was like, but the only way... That there could have been sperm in his stomach <laughs> is if, and they were like, yes, if he... Uh... Is he the gay one, though? No! That's his twin other... is! Yes. <laughs> or his brother. Yeah. Are they twins? Who cares? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so I knew that, like, this was something that happened, uh, that men had sex with each other, yeah. and I was like, oh boy, that sounds great. <laughs> Pretty uh, That sounds terrific. <laughs> And I think so now so now I'm like almost twelve and I think like I'm starting to notice like men with beards yeah. and hairy chests and stuff. Yeah. And that's not something I noticed uh before then. Ah. And so yeah, I was definitely like oh, man, I remember I was eleven and I went on my first trip to Disney World. And that place is just hot daddy heaven. <laughs> It like was actual dads. Or, dads, yeah, yeah, dads, yeah. dads. But like, <laughs> just really hot guys. And like, it's Florida, so it's hot. So yeah. like, no one's wearing 
everyone's wearing like it was 1991, so it was like the thinnest of tank tops. Yeah, like a suggestion <laughs> the of a shirt. Yeah, yeah. like nipples yeah. out, full like armholes down to the waist. Exactly, and yeah, I was like, holding. I'm going to look at all of this. So it is because I remember, like, I don't know when I learned about gay stuff, but I do remember it might have been Katie Lang or Melissa Etheridge. Like, okay, I remember hearing about them. Learning they were gay. And I have a specific memory of being at my aunt's house. So it was like my mom and her two sisters were at one of their house. And like, it was like, Entertainment Tonight was doing like Dave's birthdays. And it was Melissa Etheridge's birthday. And so it was like, hi, birthday Melissa Etheridge. The one thing I knew about Melissa Etheridge, I'm like eight or nine. And I'm yeah. like, oh, she's a lesbian or she's gay. And my mom had to like, be like, shh, like, don't talk because like your aunt has a lot of uh, gay friends. I remember her telling me that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then somehow I figured out that my aunt is a lesbian before my mom did, which is the shocking thing. Wow. I like, mean, when I the came power out, of denial is... Yeah, like, when I came out to her fully 20 years later, <laughs> I was like, aunt, my aunt is a lesbian. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what? Hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> She's lived with a woman since the 80s. <laughs> she, yep. She only, she only wears Brooks Brothers. <laughs> like, she's like ever driven like SUVs and has Labradors. Am I misreading this? I was not. But for some, so that was like when I first became aware that it was a thing, and also like you shouldn't talk about it. And also the lesbians aren't friends. Was that was right? Oh, okay. A huge landmark thing because I was born in '84, so I was like 10 when that happened, and that was uh, okay. I, were you allowed to watch Murphy Brown as a kid? Yeah, I, guess I was allowed to it. watch kind of whatever when I was a See, kid. See, because Murphy Brown was like persona non grata in my house because Republican in the South. Like, <laughs> right. And this is full on Dan Quayle's war on. Because this is election year oh, right. too. Yeah. This episode she wa- we watched, she's pregnant. pregnant. She's preggers without a father around, which is like uh, setting a bad example or something Dan Quayle said. Yeah, and I, I don't think... I, my parents... You know, my parent, now all my dad talks about is just how horrific this world we live in is. Uh, but at the time, I don't remember being this particularly political household. Yeah. My mother still to this day is so apolitical, infuriatingly. <laughs> now it's like, okay, take yeah, to the, yeah, now <laughs> I'm angry about it. Um, it used to be a blessing. Now it's like, God. So I didn't, um, you know, even watching Murphy Brown, which is, you know about journalism and its intersection with politics and DC, most of that was lost on me. I think it took me a long time to, um, it it would take a couple more years, like kind of in middle school is where I started to learn about political parties and, and ideologies and that kind of thing. All I remember about Murphy Brown was Dan Quayle. Like that's all I knew until like just very recently when I finally started watching. I did remember like, I think we're making mountains out of molehills with this family values business. (laughs) Who was the first ever gay TV character you remember? Was it Rick from Murphy Brown? Like, you know, I don't. Did you watch, was it it Martin Mull and Roseanne? Was that before? This is around I the same like time. I feel like Martin Mall. This is around the same time. I feel like I feel like Martin Mall was like that was like a year later or yeah. something. I can't remember. It's, Maybe it's, I'm wrong. Because Roseanne started in like '87. Oh, I think it started in '89. I know Full House. Oh, you should know better than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roseanne. I was not allowed to watch Roseanne. Uh, I know that. Um... I feel like Roseanne started a little later than that, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Yeah. Oh, it ran for nine seasons and ended in 97. So, yeah, 88, 89. Okay. Yeah, so probably around there, yeah. Okay. So, I knew anyway, that. Anyway, I feel like Leon came just, like, a little bit later. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, I mean, I, truly, I do think that this character from Revenge of the Nerds was the first time <laughs> I saw someone on TV that was gay. Yeah. And, I, and and of course, then you go back and you watch things that don't explicitly say that a character is oh, gay, God, but very like, clearly is supposed to be uh, gay. Uncle Arthur. I um, mean... Right. Geez. Or like, do you remember the movie Once Bitten with no. Jim Carrey? It was no. his first starring role. And he played a vampire. And Clevon Little... From Blazing Saddles uh. played the main vampire Lauren Hutton's like valet, <laughs> and he's the gayest. Uh, but I didn't know no. at the time. I was just like, God, he really loves her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he let's... must really love that woman. <laughs> so yeah, let's dive into this week's episode. This week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Murphy Brown episode. Come out, come out wherever you are. Is the twentieth episode of season four. And was written by Gary Dontzig and Steven Peterman and directed by Lee Shallot. Here's how IMDb describes the episode. Rick is an attractive gay man doing some temporary work for FYI and Miles becomes concerned when he has a dream about him. Miles attempts to discover why it happened. Michael, how accurate is that description? I think it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what happens. Yeah. And also, I have no idea who controls the IMDb like summaries. You know, so right. like, who knows? What's interesting is it's really all A story. There is no B or C. Like, they're not even a hint. It's even kind a of wild. It is a one is act. that what Murphy Brown was like? I don't think so. So my Murphy Brown knowledge, because I wasn't... So I've seen all of season one, because I got it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Previous guest of the podcast, Megan and Keith loaned it to me. And then CBS All Access put up like 20-ish episodes on their streaming service when the revival came back, but only for a limited time. Mm. So I've seen all those, and that's all I've seen. Murphy Brown is impossible to find because of music rights. Because they use Motown oh, songs. Oh, because she loved Motown. Like Motown bit them in the ass eventually. Oh my god! Because they god. only cleared that shit for street for um DVD Broadcast and like reruns. And, DVD. and yeah. in order to get like respect used on streaming, it costs sure. a lot of money. Oh and the problem god. is they're all instant. They're all like essential to like people sing along with them or do dances to them. So you can't just do the real world thing of dropping in. Substitute music. Right. Or, or the Daria. state. Oh my god. Yeah. And so that is why it's hard to find. Uh, so I've never gotten into it like that much. Enough. Yeah. But that was kind of a shocking thing to yeah. watch it and be like, oh, I, I'm used to an A story, Yo, B story, and occasionally what is, even a C story. What is Corky doing? Nothing. They're all nothing. serving Miles. What's Murphy plus? Brown doing? Murphy is hardly the in title this episode. character is doing nothing she at all. She was legit pregnant, right? Is that Isn't true? Is Candace Bergen actually pregnant? See, this I is the thing know, I should definitely know. But this she is does not spot. look convincingly she pregnant look convincingly in this pregnant episode. At all. Uh, so I also want to say, going in, let's talk about this. For, so I always do heavy, heavy research to find out whether or not the writers of the episode were gay. Because right. I feel like that colors everything. Because we can make these jokes, but straight They can't. can't. So, Gary Donzig, gay. Stephen okay. Peterman, straight. So they are a gay, straight writing team. They met in college. It's very um, Conan Muchnick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, Or um, there's a lot of those... There's a writing duo on Mary Taylor Moore who wrote the gay episode where it was a gay man and a straight woman. And there's a couple mm-hmm. of those. They also went on to create Mama's Family. Yeah, because, very of Tom and whatever Deborah Messing played in Smash. Yeah. <laughs> so they... Also funny, they also went on to do Hannah Montana and Suddenly Susan. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, it's a... I don't know... 
I feel like winning the Emmy for Murphy Brown and then going to develop Suddenly Susan and then going to being like staff writers on Hannah Montana is a, that's an interesting trajectory. It is an interesting, interesting. trajectory. That's the, it's a very charitable uh, <laughs> adjective a, to use. Yeah. <laughs> so the episode, as we said, it starts with a, um, it starts with a dream sequence of Murphy in a very unconvincing fat suit on purpose because it's yeah. like a, she's having like a monster anxiety dream of like, she feels big. So her dream is like. She's full on like what's it like Huey Duck or who's that that um Harvey cartoons that baby Huey or whatever? Oh shit! I do sort of know what you're talking about. I was a patient. It's like a big baby round duck with like a bonnet and a. And do you know what? It also watching that reminded me of. It feels like that potentially was the inspiration for. Um, Valerie Cherish wearing the cupcake costume oh, yeah, in the dream sequence that. on the yes. comeback. Yeah. It's because that's nice. a queer episode, and Dan Bukatinsky yeah. from The Comeback is queer, so it's like, this has to be I love it, The Comeback has it. now come up in both of my gay episodes this Of month, course so it does, because so. it's the greatest show and that's ever just, been on television. We just rewatched series two, like, oh, a couple weeks ago. I'm obsessed. I mean, it's all I want to talk about it's, ever. Uh, I should do an episode by episode just of that. It's just so, <laughs> so fucking good. perfect. Give so right another take. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, the dream sequence is like it's 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 full on like beginning of a new hope, like Darth Vader, like the elevators like rattling, like smoke, and everyone's like running. She like tramples over Frank, right? Like she like flattens yeah. like a pancake. He becomes a, a cutout of yeah of Frank of Frank of the Frank that we know. Uh, so then we get, we like cut to the actual scene. They're all like doing their thing where they're not working. They're all just hanging out because it's a workplace sitcom, so no one ever works. Yes, I I feel like. Like, that doesn't happen to, like, Rachel Maddow's show. Like, I don't feel right. like morning of, they're all just hanging. Just chilling. Like, <laughs> just straight chilling for, like, a, a chunk of time. Oh, yeah. This is a day. <laughs> but everyone around them is, is working, working their asses off. And I think that's probably why. Yeah. Because it's honestly, it's like the three main anchors. No, the four main anchors. Because Jim, Corky, Murphy, and Frank are all the anchors. And then Miles right. is the producer. So it's like, who's going to go tell them to do what? Right. Miles should tell them to do what? Who's going to tell him? Like, no Exactly. One. So it starts at the top. It's a no. problem. Uh, so that's when Miles uh, talks about the dream that he's had. <laughs> which, yeah. I feel like this is where you can tell it was written, co-written by a gay man. Because that's a, it's a pretty perfect dream. I do think it is perfect. <laughs> like, you all know that new network publicity guy we met the other day, Rick? Oh, yeah. Okay. So in this dream, I'm giving him a tour of Washington. All of a sudden, he gets really excited and he starts pointing at the Washington Monument. The next thing I know, we're racing each other up the stairs, running faster and faster until we just shoot right out the top. You shot out of the Washington Monument. Like we were blown out of a cannon. It was like... And then, and then, instead of falling, we started to float all the way down to the reflecting pool. And when we hit the water, Rick turns into a dolphin. We swam, we frolicked. It was incredible. What I love about that is that Frank Fontana, without missing a beat, goes, uh, Miles, uh, I don't quite know how to say this, but you've just described the classic homoerotic dream. Like, we've all had it. We've all had that. That's how I do. I am trying to figure out how many homoerotic dreams I had before figuring it. Like, if I ever had a dolphin dream. (laughs) 
I don't think I ever did. I had some dreams about, like, deeply close friendships with people that <laughs> I was not close with in elementary school. Yeah. Who I clearly just found sexy. Yeah. I... I would get into... I remember in high school, I would get really upset about my friendships with my male friends. Mm-hmm. My female friends was like, cool, we're all fine. But like my guy friends, instant anything went wrong, I would internalize a lot of it and get very dramatic. So-and-so is not doing... He's not pulling his weight in this friendship the way I am. <laughs> it's like, it would just like tear me apart. And I'm like, oh, obvious. <laughs> I know, it's so fucking weird. So, I've never, but I've never had the Washington uh, Monument into Frolicking Dolphins dream... That's classic. Me either, sadly. Uh, Jim reveals the fun fact that he's never had a dream. <laughs> oh, Jim Dial is such a funny character. Yeah. I So before I ever started watching Murphy Brown, I always assumed he was a Ted Baxter type, that he was just dumb, very, like, aloof. Because when you have that voice, it's so funny to make them say stupid stuff. Sure. And so that's the presumption that I went into. So when I still see him, I still am expecting that. And I have to remind myself, no, 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 he is like Dan Rather. Yeah, like he's, he's a like, stiff who barely knows how to be a person. Yeah, he's like Dan Rather to the nth degree or whatever. Right. It's like, if uh, yeah, if Dan Rather and Rachel Maddow had an unfun baby or whatever. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of Rachel Maddow talk in this one. Yeah. Uh, so I also wanted to point out that, so another recurring theme is straight characters having gaydar. And then that not looking back upon themselves as themselves being gay. Uh, Frank basically being like, no, Rick is totally gay. And everyone else being like, Murphy's like, of course he's not. What do you what do you know? Because of your gayometer, Murphy says. Yes, your yes, your Frank Fontana gayometer. So I guess this was a what a couple months before, before gaydar when did became. Gaydar become I'm not sure. Uh, who coined that term? Gotta find out. Is it Cardi B? Is she gonna? <laughs> yeah, or Kerr? And she's like, and now I have gaydar too. Just buy all of it. <laughs> I mean, some loyal listener has to find out yes please uh murphy is taken aback are we shocked by how like they're all whether or not rick is gay becomes a hot topic immediately but it does have that like you know apocryphal like 80s leftover like yeah something being gay is appalling and bad yeah and even though everyone's saying like i'm cool with it there's still like i mean murphy brown does a full-on what are, you, what, what are you saying? Wait a minute. Rick's not gay. She yeah. says it in the most <laughs> damning tone. As though it's, you know, a, 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 a orphanage arsonist or something. <laughs> well, and like Frank's reasoning is like, so for he wears his watch with the, with the face on the inside of his wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wears mousse in his hair and he coordinates his tie with his socks. Which does feel queer to me. Yeah, these those are all pretty gay. I mean, again, uh, Gary Dunzig really bringing the gay specifics. Yeah, exactly. Just pulled from what you know. But and then Corky has her how she knows. Corky's from like Louisiana. She's from the South or Alabama. She's definitely Southern. Yeah, I don't remember Southern. exactly from where. Uh, and she has the the most delightful test of. It's the best. It's the joke I remember. And 27 years with later. good reason. She says like... I never heard such nonsense in my life. You can't tell if someone's gay from things like that. See? If you want to find out, you just tell him he's got something on his heel. If he looks at it like this, he's straight. If he looks at it like this... And if they check like this, and if you bring your leg up in front of your body, you're straight. But if you do... Check... Behind, 
over with your a shoulder. demure look over your shoulder and a, and a, <laughs> a leg kick back, then you're gay. You're definitely gay. Which feels like there's also that episode of Seinfeld where um, George jumps over a puddle and he goes like, like he, he splays his arms out and he gets called a Mary. <laughs> like there are things like that. <laughs> and it's Jason Alexander coming back in and is like talking. He tells the story about like, when like this. Uh, those little physical things that you get pick that you pick up on as like a kid or you internalize. Yes. How many gay boys watch this episode and learned don't check your Don't heel. check your heel that way. <laughs> don't check I your mean, heel truly. I was like, oh gotta remember. I remember always do it like the, as a kid, like walking and if my wrist ever went limp, I would no, no, stop that. Right. Just like naturally. Yeah, I would put my hand I would always yeah. put my hand on my hip. What is that? Just being fucking just knowing your angles, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just looking cute, standing in, t- in demi third and putting your hands on your head. <laughs> so there's just like a lot of uh, there's a lot of gay panic. They start betting on whether or not he's gay, uh-huh. which again they have a show <laughs> in like three hours, maybe. Yeah, they don't care. It's, <laughs> it's like no, we need to just take some time to bet on whether or not Rick is gay. It's very important. Uh, Frank is a hundred percent certain. Murphy is like, he's definitely not. Miles, in the meanwhile, is having a full-on existential crisis. Full, yeah, full gay panic. Like, Jenny Jones murderer gay panic. Yeah. Without the violence. Uh, so then Rick shows up in Act 2. Uh, so he basically comes in. So what is your first impression of Rick? Uh, so, uh, that's funny, because I, I... Of Brian McNamara? Brian McNamara, name? that's yeah. the actor. So, so Rick came in and... I guess I pictured him brawnier, blonder, mm. with, like, shorter hair than that. And then when, you know, Rick came in, I was like, oh, I remembered this completely differently. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I-, I thought maybe we'd be able to see the colorful sock and the colorful tie. No, but he's pretty no. nondescript. Yeah, no, and also his character is very much that stock I am the gay of the episode. Here I am. Right. I I am like well dressed, behave well. Don't like I make jokes, but I don't make the funniest jokes, and I don't make bad jokes. I'm definitely not gonna touch anyone ever. Yes, he is <laughs> in no way ostentatiously gay. No, and not at all. Uh, so this is them all trying to figure out whether or not he's gay subtly, and they ask him like what magazines he's picked up. Uh, so, uh, where'd you pick up that at the newsstand? Oh, how beautiful! You get this, don't you, Murph? Anything interesting in here? Uh, I myself have, have never read one. Well, they've got some terrific decorating ideas, and since all I've got right now is a bed, a television, and a lamp I carry with me from room to room, I figured I could use the help. Hey, what's this? Road and track. So you're one of those guys who's really into cars, huh? Yeah, road yeah, and like, track. He's a, he can get you a gay that can do both. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're like, I don't know. Uh, what's a generic, non-real magazine title? Road and Trek. Road and Trek. That's good enough. And House Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a uh, drag house, right? From yeah. the 70s? Exactly. Oh, the House Beautiful. You've won a $2,500 gift certificate to House Beautiful. <laughs> so, basically, there's a lot of gay panic because he says he likes football. And Murphy's like, wait, Frank likes football. There's a lot of that game of distancing where Frank yeah. wants to keep, like, when the straight guy's like, I have something in common with a gay man, even though it's football. That means all of a sudden, football must be gay. Mm-hmm. Football and I might be itself gay. must be gay. There's just, it, there's, a, there's a lot of it, and I give it, I don't know, do we give it, 
I want to say I give it a, I don't give it a pass, but I don't hate it because I like the show. It just it's this feels weird, very of its time. It's so of its time. And like, it certainly isn't written with full vitriol. I mean, no, no. I'm not one of these people who watches, the, like, I still enjoy Tootsie, for example, yeah. which I know people find very problematic <laughs> these days with the new musical coming out. But like. I understand that it's a snapshot of a different time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't super bother me. No, it does. It's and it does. It definitely goes from a place of context because again, at the, at the time in 1992, this show is doing some heavy lifting. Like it is doing some good work that no, like very few other shows. Truly, are doing. no one else is doing. It's like Golden Girls designing women. <laughs> right. Like not a gay to be found on yeah. either show. Years later, Roseanne would be like a just full drag. But yeah. And then, Until then, most recently, a nightmare. Oh, a full nightmare. So it all it all goes back and forth. Um, so basically, like he, they do the heel check. They ask him, like Corky's, like at last morning, and he does both. Does he do, both? He does both, which is really smart. I really like that joke. I love that joke. <laughs> really, he I, does both. And you're like, God, the magazines. He likes both things. Gay people can have depth and multitude. I wonder if I knew uh, what bisexuality was at the time. Oh, I definitely didn't. Yeah, no, I, I think I learned didn't. about that with uh, Tony Slattery in the late nineties. That's my oh, thing. interesting. Tony Slattery is one of my archetypal gay heroes. Uh, Great, but he is gay. But he, in an article, only ever talked about the only thing he ever said about sexuality is, "I've gladly gone both ways" or something. Gotcha. I always identified with Charles Nelson Rowley and Tony Slattery and all these people in high school and college, and I didn't ever have a clue. Which is so <laughs> fucking weird. And so also, weird. I was surprised when Charles Nelson Rowley was gay. Like that's that how. Is that is how. Also, my like my mom didn't know that Fred Schneider of the Beastie Twos was gay. Like that's how like in the closet you are when you are a Southern Baptist. Your Christian. mom has whatever the opposite of gaydar is. Yeah, it's just full. Which is like gay. Uh, uh, stealth mode. <laughs> I can't like the see. gayest thing she's not able to see. Yeah. There. Then we get the shrink montage because that's when Rick, when Rick is leaving, he says, "Yes, I'm gay." Which, like, oh my god, the bomb drop. And then Miles is like, "I have to go and see every shrink known to yes. me and get all of the uh, get all of the tea spilled on me." Truly, a tour of it's like, like early nineties bad set deck. Yeah. There's like a big, like, one of those padded brown leather couches. Yeah. You know, it's like, it was a corner. It was like, literally like a chair. That they kept putting like, new flats in front of. Yeah. Oh, Change put this plant in. I mean, some of those walls looked <laughs> like flimsier than an SNL wall. Yeah. And you clocked the blue thing in the background of the first one. Oh, yeah. There was, was a very weird... calming, tilting... Which reminded me of, like, you would... In the early 90s, you would go to the mall and you go to, like, what, Sharper Image Sharper or... Image. Um, oh, God, Brookstone? Coach. Coach oh. Gifts. We would go there. Oh. Uh, and they would have all those, like, the pin, like, the pin presser thing. The, right. Or, like, all the the beads, like, the, the metal, like, triangle things that we get, like, cut together or whatever. Yeah. All those, like... The, the balls that would yeah, the swing and clicky. Balls. All those things. Where did all that shit go? So, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess Sharper Images still exist, right? No, it's yeah. just all still there. And now it's all like massaging chairs. Oh, I guess they've gotten sexy. That's but this was meant to evoke an ocean. Yeah. Like a, it was a, like a blue, probably like a... It's like an ink sand. Yeah. Oh, it was, was like, it, it was a wet, it looked it was, like a wet thing. Okay. But it could have been the resolution on the... 
And it just looked like the ebb and flow of the tides, and it was really the peaceful, JPEG and pixelation. I fully went with. <laughs> so they obviously said, like, they would go through these, like, long things about what the dream could be, and then be like... Or the dream could be an indication you're gay. Or the dream could be an indication you're gay. Yeah, yeah. Or it means I'm gay. Uh, why would you say that? <laughs> Which was... Every time, yeah. the delight of the studio audience. Totally no help whatsoever. And the horror of Miles. Yeah. Uh, so when he goes back, he has a really funny line where he's like, so I've seen like all these therapists, I've learned that I'm a success, I'm a failure, I'm a this, I'm a that. Success, a fear of failure, and at the age of five, either saw my Uncle Max make love to my Aunt Sarah, or eat a chicken with his hands. So funny. <laughs> Such a great specific. Yes. This is also where we find out that Miles is 30. And yeah. Frank is 40. Yeah. Is that weird? That's weird. It was weird for me. <laughs> Just because, like, even as a kid, like, Miles seemed like an adult like everyone yeah. else. Even though in the context of the show, he is like a weird <laughs> kid, like, 22-year-old in the show. Well, I guess he was, like, 26 when the show starts. But even as a kid, when you're watching, like, oh, he's, he's an adult. Right. I'm not an adult. He's an adult. Certainly. And you think, oh, Frank's an old man. Yeah. And Frank says that he's 40 on yeah. the show, and that is not far away from Ed, my age. Ed is. Asner was 40 when the Mary Tom Moore started. Mary that Moore, can't which is be true. like. <laughs> Ed Asner was 40. He was a grandpa. Like, he was born nuts. a grandpa. It's, it's weird it's like when you realize that, oh, I'm fully like 12 years older than. If you like this character on Real World. Right. Like, Coral, who seemed like the wisest woman to ever be on reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> was like 23 <laughs> like never would I listen to any 23 year old Puck had lived a life by the time he was 22 yeah. like it's wild I'm six years older than the oldest John Belushi ever was oh wow is that crazy that's, that's yeah, crazy I don't I don't and there's also the fact that uh, people didn't take as good care of themselves back then so they just look older like Frank looks a hard 45 sure maybe yeah, sure like, and Miles does not look 30. No, he I, looks 38, yeah, if I, anything he, at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so that was... Um, yeah, that cracked my face. Uh, then we get Jim's dream. Jim comes in, because Jim's like so excited because he's had a dream. I guess yes. maybe that's like um, that's like an F plot. Like, it's so tiny. It's like it Jim's is dream true. It is character seasoning. It yeah. is not <laughs> a letter mustn't be assigned <laughs> To these little character bits that find yeah. their way into this yeah. episode. So his dream is that he was at Hex looking... He was a salesman in a shoe department at Hex. Told him to bring me a pair of black wingtips. But when he returned, I noticed with dismay the shoes he was carrying were brown. I told him I had no interest in brown, I wanted black. Without saying a word, he returned to the stockroom and brought me what I'd asked for. Really good joke. What the, the endless imagination of Jim Dial. Yeah. That's such... That's so funny. So my most mundane recurring dream is I am somewhere and I find, like, X-Men toys I didn't know existed and I buy them. I have those oh. dreams regularly. That is a very Brett White yeah. dream. I mean, like, what do you have? I mean, like, you love Superman. How I do. do. You have any recurring Superman dreams. I definitely have flying dreams. I I just think they're all pretty fantastic. I I don't have like yeah. shoe buying dreams. I don't have like finding Superman comic book dreams. I'll have like I'm in a world where Superman is real dreams. Oh wow! Or I will be either flying or once or twice I've been Superman. Holy and that's shit! Been obviously insane. I've never, I am always myself. 
Uh, so this is when Corky suggests that Miles. That's why I think you should go see my minister. Corky, I'm Jewish. Why would I go see a minister? Because he's gay. <laughs> so Corky has a gay minister in 1992. I know. I loved it. I thought that was so cool. So, like, Corky's whole response, because I think you can easily take the Blanche Devereaux route, because when Blanche's brother comes out, she's very homophobic. Right. Love that arc. Love those episodes. Mark Cherry did such a great job. Of course he did. The gayest of gays. (laughs) (laughs) Wrote two episodes where Blanche's gay brother gets the upper hand both times, and Blanche looks like a bad person. Pretty brave thing to do to a character. Um, So they could have gone there with Corky and have her be like, well, you know... Devil, the, the devil's yeah. inside you, but I'm gonna love you anyway. Jesus' teachings. Yeah, but she has a gay minister that she's cool with and wants to set Miles up with. That was shocking. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'm not gonna like Faith Ford's take, Corky Sherwood's take on this. Yes. Yeah. And then sure enough, she's probably the most supportive. Oh, of all of them. No, by far. Yeah. I actually don't think Frank comes off homophobic either. He just comes off very matter-of-fact. Yeah, they're all, there's a, there's a level of just, yeah, so there's a level of panic with everyone. So I wrote down at this point, Miles is having a gay reaction. Yes. Um, if Miles, so the thing is, if you chop off like the last minute of this episode, Miles is gay. Because this is a hundred percent what I went through oh, that's when I came out. All of this. In high school, I found out that the only gay man, or gay boy, we were 14, he was not a man, I was not a man. I found out the only gay boy that we all knew thought I was gay when I was a freshman. And so I went on a full week-long panic attack about, like, if a gay person thinks I'm gay, what does that mean? Asking all my friends, like, eventually working up to talking to him one-on-one. Like, which is exactly what happens here. That sounds Uh, terrifying. Yeah. That's funny. We have completely different takes on this. (laughs) Ah! I mean, I value your... What your you know what you bring your experience that you bring to this episode on the other hand i watched it and went there's no way miles is gay because he is a regular character on a show he is a main character He's never on a show come out at this point they would never, never do that and that is like that it would is never happened so 100%. watching that show when i was 11 i mean it sounds crazy to say there was a comfort but there certainly was a comfort uh-huh. knowing, ah, oh, he's not going to turn out gay. Yeah, it's only this, uh, this guest star who will never who see again. The other who will yeah. never see again. He's the gay person. There's no way they would make this person 100%. gay because that would be suicide yeah. for this television show. What is wild to me is like they wrote, and knowing that one of the writers is gay, they wrote my real like it all. Like Miles's panic attack is exactly what it's exactly what I had in. So when when I actually came out as gay when I was a senior in college was because a guy that I was like really close to and also thought was attractive, but those had always been straight men. <laughs> but then he told me he was bisexual at a steak and shake after I got off my shift at Book a, Books a Million. <laughs> God, I love a steak and shake. Yeah, steak and shake. Good for 11 p.m. life-changing revelation. <laughs> but it was that same thing where a person told me they were gay and then I had the Miles panic attack for a week. The thing, the thing I realize is different from my experience as a human being, Miles as a fictional television character played by Grant Shaw, is that I was reacting to that by actual real people in the real world interacting with me, whereas he is fully freaking out about a dream, which I fully believe dreams are bullshit. 
Like, oh my I'm god! Like, it's just. Do you know how many times I've had sex with a woman in my dreams? Yeah, many yeah. times. So I have no interest in doing it. No. I mean, God bless women. That's why it's, it is always me. weird when if you tell someone, "Oh, I had a dream about you the other night," it always makes them feel weird. Yeah, like it, especially if you're not like best friends it's like oh i had a dream about you the other it's like what the fuck but it's like yeah. they can't control that right like fully can't like at all no so it is so that is the that is the weird thing uh if this was being written nowadays i could totally see this really cool arc where in season four miles really like pulls a willow and reveals he's gay and it actually like it's a thing they follow up on and this is a really good inciting incident especially if like if that in conversation like brings like i don't know actually i there is like yeah but it, of course, can't go there because it's 1992. Exactly. Yeah. So that none of that had happened. Yeah. So it just wasn't in my mind that there was any answer other than, oh, he's just freaking out over a dream. Yeah. He's a heterosexual. Yeah. So then Miles freaks out and goes into Murphy's office to basically just be like, tell me I'm <laughs> like, there is something you can do. What? Look sexy. <laughs> Excuse me. I still find women attractive. I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> Which... It's a very weird, uh, it's a hilarious ask, but also very weird. Yeah. So he's trying to like get turned on by a woman, and he's like, Murphy, do something. I mean, truly, that scene read 100% to me as, well, we gotta get candy in this episode somehow. She's in two scenes, barely in two scenes. Correct. Which, I wonder if that's why this episode happened. There's the cold open with the crazy yeah. thing, and then she's wearing a full... Fucking cobalt blue and white, like, church robe, <laughs> yeah, sister is, act, nightmare. It's the kind of thing that Dorothy's Bornack would just wear. Yes! <laughs> like, it, that's that flowy. Oh, it was crazy. And then, yeah, and then this other crazy scene, which was like, well, we gotta have her, the star of the show, in yeah. some scene, so maybe Miles can... Freak out at her. Son. Freak out at her. She does get a really good line of like... Let's assume, just for the sake of argument, that you are gay. What would that change? As far as I'm concerned, nothing. You'd still be a brilliant producer, and as much as you drive me crazy, we'd still be friends. But then Miles also has a really good... I like his response of like, I spent my entire life looking at myself in a certain way, and now I suddenly realize I might be somebody completely different. Which it totally is. Yeah. Like, it took me a solid 10 years to adjust, like, well, from thinking I was straight for 21 years. Like, it's right. a lot, because you're undoing, like, all these building block shit. Sure. So, uh, like, my... Well was, into your development as an adult. Yeah. And that's hard. And so, like, yeah. I understand Miles' panic. Wow. Yeah, I came out when I was 16. So, again, we have, like, slightly different <laughs> stories in that So, way. five years uh, earlier. But those are five oh, big years. Did you date in high school? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, what, did you date in college? Because I didn't do either. I sure did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not only did I date in college, but then I also start like discovered sleeping around in college, See? which was also a big deal. I had to move to New York. I moved to New York thinking I was still straight and was going to find someone, and it did, that did not happen. God bless. God. Moving to New York, spending to a lot of time in Chelsea, the one. <laughs> like going to UCB all the time, and then wandering around Chelsea, like, oh, what are all these? Was Big oh, Cup open? Which still? one was that? Big I Cup I, was like I a, guess not because I would. Probably I guess not. That. It was, was that Eighth Avenue? Oh, two thousand six. So no, Big Cup was uh. gone. Big Cup was like if you didn't drink or like you know didn't want to like go to bars every single night, 
there was a big coffee house in Chelsea on Eighth oh. Avenue between Twentieth and Twenty First Street, I think. Okay. Maybe Twenty First and Twenty Second Street. Now that I think, is that it. down near where Nasty Pig is now? <laughs> ah, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. sort of. Um, uh, it's near where like one of those that Momofuku restaurant is, and um, you know, you it was a gay coffee house. <laughs> You went in there, you sat down and pretended to read. Because you were just sizing up every person who came through the door. It was a blissful time. I missed all of it. So did Miles. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. So basically Rick comes up because he needs to talk about the promos, which is a thing they say on journalism like news shows all the time, is talking about the promos, get the promos done. (laughs) News radio says it all the time. Promos, get the promo cart, load the promos, always promos. I want to get a news person on here and ask them about the promos and if they're that big of a deal. I think it's just easier to talk about promos than like journalism. Or or feelings. (laughs) Yeah, or feelings. So then we finally get the very last scene of the episode, which is at Phil's, the bar, and we get the the Miles-Rick scene, which hits you, like, in the gut. Oh, Almost immediately. Where, first of all, I I realized, like, oh, Rick is, like, a gay man, too. He's out at work and is talking about it. Like, that's gotta be... And then immediately as I'm thinking that, he's like, you know what? I spent a lot of years pretending I was someone else because I was afraid. Afraid of all the whispers, afraid of... Losing my job. But when you've been to as many funerals as I have lately, you realize life is too valuable to spend hiding in a closet. I've, oh. yeah, I've lost too many friends oh. to not be myself. I mean, it, it was, truly, I almost burst into tears it, watching that. It, 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 it is a level of real that you don't see coming after two acts of just, like, antics. Yeah, just, just like silly, gay panic, goofy, silly gay panic. And so I kind of like that they do give the gay, like, they use their frivolous, not, or air quote frivolous, like, gay episode to, like, also be like, also, BT Dubs, CBS, uh, Wednesday Night Viewers, uh, AIDS, <laughs> like, yeah. like, not, They, not, of course, don't say AIDS. No. But, you know, like, the, the implication is clear. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is, is this better or worse than the time that Rose thought she had AIDS for three days? This is better. Yes, <laughs> it's an actual, an actual gay person. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a gut punch. And it's, yeah, that was, that was a, a big It deal. is also really telling how quickly, there's like a very brief window where sitcoms are allowed to talk about AIDS because early to mid-80s, they don't talk about it. They just treat gay people like they're lepers, but don't actually say anything. Right. And then you get, like, 88 to 92. And tons of straight people have AIDS. And but just straight people have AIDS. Uh, a lot people... of straight people having AIDS <laughs> yeah. on those shows. Yeah. It was like, oh, cool, this is what's happening. Um, ER, Gloria Rubin's character gets AIDS. Um, Jason HIV. Bateman's best friend on the Hogan family. Oh, wow. Uh, gets AIDS from a blood transfusion. Rose thought Jesse from Life Goes On. Jeez. And then, but, like, once Carol and Susan hit the scene on, like, Friends, I don't remember a lot of, like, well, I guess maybe it's because it's lesbians and it wasn't as, like, tied in with lesbians as much, was it? Is that Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. It's like, Jesus. Lesbians are the lowest risk group for HIV. Yeah, they're never going to get that. Unless it's blood transfusions. 
Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I don't, maybe it's because pop culture shifted to lesbians in the late 90s and they just didn't like... I think they, really... they found it a more palatable... Uh-huh. More palatable for all audiences. Yeah. Um, because men can get behind... Straight men can get behind lesbians and right. they will never get behind gay men. And um, you need men. Yeah, you need that demo. You need that demo. Because they're going to buy the trucks. So basically, they, so then when like Miles like talks about like how he thinks he might be gay, the way that Rick's face lights up is so also heartbreaking. Knowing that Miles is not actually gay, but he's like, oh, like, oh, I totally know what you're going through. I went through that same thing. Like yeah. he's really like trying to like connect with him, yeah. and it, and but then he realizes like, wait a second, you've only had the recent experience and you were alone. What was the recent experience? A dream. Cool. Okay, you're cool. Straight you're straight as F. You're straight. So there's also some Kevin, <laughs> a Kevin Costner reference uh, about Kevin oh, Costner yeah. being hot. This that was as 92 <laughs> as anything could be. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Costner was on a roll. I mean, this is um, oh, yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Field of Dreams, JFK. Uh, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Raging. Wait, no, right, not Raging Bull. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Kevin Costner. <laughs> Raging Bull. <laughs> Oh, you're Pa Kent, so... Yeah. You, I know you yeah. probably have strong Kevin Costner feelings. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you did a good job as yeah. Pa Kent, actually. Um, I think that movie is... Not the bunch of worst barf. part of that movie. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, so basically, like, Miles realizes I'm not uh, gay at all. Um, then Rick says, of course, like, you're not my type. And Miles says the great joke of, like, wait, why not? That's always the right. funny little twist they always have. They don't want to be gay, but they want to be... But they sure want to be desirable. Hot. What I liked about that is it truly, it speaks to that thing of a straight guy thinks every, thinks every single gay guy, uh-huh. thinks every single straight guy is attractive. Yeah. And it's only truly like. truly could not be less. 20%. Further from the truth. <laughs> no, 20%. No. Wow. You, your taste is generous. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I should make a list. I should have I should hire an intern to go through every episode and just point out all the men. Chandler Bing, early Chandler Bing. Eh. You're attracted to early Chandler Bing. Early, but also like season nine. <laughs> <laughs> and he bounces back from being yes. way too skinny. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, there's sure. a lot. There's a lot going on here. Not attracted to anyone on Murphy Brown. Not. Oh. Kind of cast like this couldn't get a couldn't happen today. The closest it would get for me is Alden. Alden. Oh, Eldon. Eldon. Yeah. Uh, but also no. No. <laughs> dangly, dangly earrings and a lot of overalls. Yeah. Okay. Also bad facial hair, weird shoes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's not in this episode. Right. It wasn't close. No. But it was the clo- It's the closest. So the last thing of the episode is as uh, uh, what's his face Rick asking Miles to help him set up his friend uh, Jeff. With Frank. Because right. Frank's gay, right? What? What the? Goink? That, and I also don't buy that joke. Because I don't think Frank reads at He doesn't all. read gay. He Miles kind of does. Yeah. Like, I, slightly. Yeah, there's a thin line of, like, gay or nerd. Like, there's that exactly. thin, like, you know, were you sheltered because you're... Like a nerd or shelter because you like love your mom and love the indoors. I was that right. One. Like, he's he's Miles is delicate. Yes, and uh, a stereotype is that gay men are delicate, which 
Uh, Which occasionally is true. It's occasionally true. Not in this case. Not in this case either, bro. bro. We're tough. <laughs> Just drinking our bubblies. <laughs> like, totally yeah, bro. We're drinking flavored seltzers, <laughs> and they do have messages on the tab. Oh, okay. Which I believe are called... Are they called fag tags? Oh, really? Is Aren't that, they? Wait, hold on. Oh, no. Oh, was maybe that the, that's... Like, no, did, didn't you, like, go back and forth to be like, whether or not you were gay or something? Oh, maybe. Like, uh, like kind of like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, but with that? Oh, this is like a schoolyard thing that's now coming back to my brain. Yeah, but also, I don't know what all the rules are. It also might not be real. I might just be coming up with a homophobic game off the top of my head. There's definitely something with them. I believe they oh. were called fuck tags at some point. Anyway, mine says hi. Oh, mine with says four hi. Eyes. Oh, only oh. one eye. So mine says hi. Oh, hi. I have the gayer cam. Yes, you do. Which is strawberry? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Because mine is apple. Apple. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready for some uh, must-have facts? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode of television was watched by 16.9 million people. Oh my God. Can you believe how many people used to watch television? So how many, so where do you think that ranked for the week? 16.9 million. Oh, do you have the answer and you're just yeah, quizzing yeah. me? Oh, yeah. oh my okay. god. What's your guess? Uh, so a... do you have its time slot or do you have like this for the week? This was a Wednesday night at 9, I do believe. That's interesting because I remember Murphy Brown being on oh, Monday. Yeah. Yep, we're getting to that. Uh, for the week, this episode was number 41. I was going to say it was not way, way up there. Because I feel like way, way up there is like 30-some million. So it was at number 41. It was tied with that week's Law and Order. Number so the top five shows of the week were number five was Home Improvement. Number four was the Happy Days reunion. <laughs> wow. Number three was the Monday night episode of Murphy Brown, which was watched by twenty nine million people. <gasps> number two was Roseanne. Number one was sixty minutes. Now, I am trying to figure out why this episode was dumped on a Wednesday, but my oh. assumption is homophobia. Oh my god, it was. It was like banished they, to they this time slot. They aired two episodes of Murphy Brown that week. The one on Monday night watched by 29 million. The one on Wednesday night, this one, 16.9. That's crazy. It substituted, it aired on the Wednesday instead of Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> oh my god. Jake and the Fat Man was just off that week and they put this, I think, a rerun of Designing Women. A new episode of Murphy, of Brown. Murphy Brown on Not It's Night? Yeah. That is fucking crazy. And I looked like they did not do this regularly. Like, if you just scroll, like, every other episode comes out every week, 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 week. This one is, like, 
It's like March 2nd and March 4th. It's a miracle I found it. I don't... Yeah. I must have seen a promo. Did you tune in to Jake and the Fat Man and be like, oh, fuck, it's Murphy Brown. I did not watch Jake and the Fat Man. That feels like a straight show. Yeah. Uh, That's too straight Murphy Brown is a pretty gay show. Strong female lead, Corky. exactly. Like, come on! It's a que- it's a queer show because it stars a woman. Frankly. Yeah, honestly, a woman with like looks. And, yeah, like, a woman pads. with agency. Yeah, and, looks. and hair. Um, so the CBS Monday Night lineup where this belongs was ooh, Evening Shade, Major Dad, wow. Murphy Brown, wow. Designing Women, Northern Exposure. Guess what? I only watched Murphy Brown. You didn't... Oh, I, I didn't watch Designing Women. I, know I didn't it's watch like, it either. It's I like a gay blind yeah, spot. Yeah mine. yeah, mine as well. I did watch Some Evening Shade. I have That's Burt Min- Reynolds. Burt Reynolds and... Ooh, 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 God. Um, from Night Court. Uh, Marky well, Post? Marky Post, I think. No, 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 no. No, she was on Hearts time. of Fire. Hearts of with Fire. John Ritter. With John Ritter, which is streaming on Prime Video. Can you imagine anyone but us knowing these things? <laughs> oh, God. Who was the lead of... Oh, oh my God. I, who was the fucking female lead of Evening Shade? Was Mary it? Lou Henner. I was about to say Mary Lou Henner and thought I was going to be wrong. Now, was... Leslie Jordan was not on. No. He was not. I can't say I really ever watched Evening Shade, so I, I don't know. remember watching it at one point. I should have confidently said Mary Lou Henner. Yeah. Damn it. I knew that it was someone that had a previous sitcom. It was right. like a it was a super group. Right. That's an iconic lineup of television. So yeah. as I said earlier, the episodes won an Emmy for an earlier episode of um for a um a Christmas episode of Murphy Brown. Then they went on to develop suddenly Susan. They didn't create it. Like someone did the pilot and it was hot garbage and they brought the two of these guys on to like retool uh-huh. and do it. Yep. And they got developed by credit. And then they both, I think individually went on to write episodes of Hannah Montana. Wow. So, hey, I got, they have an Emmy on their shelf. Uh, truly one of the, like, most sobering experiences I had in L.A. while writing on Throwing Shade was that I went back to visit um, my partner here in New York for <coughs> Valentine's Day. And on my Uber from LAX back to work, my Uber driver was a straight up writer executive producer of television in the 90s whoa and was now driving uber and i was like oh this like everything else goes away (laughs) oh god okay isn't that shocking what am i doing it was crazy it (laughs) was crazy i couldn't believe my also the 90s like you should be set for life i know if you had a show that did did the show and i had 100 episodes because i feel like he definitely he definitely worked on shows that like ran and then the show he was the showrunner of i think at least ran i don't want to name the show because i don't want to like shame this man because he was lovely Um, so you gotta get paid yeah exactly it's just like we have to make space okay hey fox just canceled the cool kids and i will i am angry yeah. Because we have to make space for Vicky Lawrence in our society. Yeah, we need to Damn make it. space for writers who have life experience. Yes, yeah. like, and also my heart, my love Martin Mull deeply, uh, formative crush, love Martin Mull. Wow. Uh, like, this is a thing. 
running theme of the podcast. But like, give that. Leslie Jordan, gay icon, David Allen Greer, like, give them space. Somehow David Allen Greer is also a gay icon. Men <laughs> uh, on film? Maybe that's what <laughs> Hated it is. Hated it? Uh, Maybe that truly <laughs> offensive thing Yeah. Um, oh, please, I lived for it at the time. God, yes. So, IMDb, 33 randos, rated this episode a 6.9 out of 10. Nice, I don't know. Is um, that a... Nice. Yeah. Uh, is that... Um, I think that is Homophobes, low. like, low. weighing in or no, something? No, I did look at ones around. They were all getting, like, a 6.7. I think there's just some, like, very harsh critiquing mm. IMDb users for this show. Because I would fully give this an 8. Yeah, I'd give it an 8. Yeah. Funny. It was funny. Still laughing 27 years later. We laughed out loud yeah. with jokes. That chicken Jim joke. Dial, Jim Dial, I live yeah. for. Corky, give me more of that faith. I forward. think Grant Chowd is so funny. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the revival at all? I didn't. You were part of the problem. It was also canceled. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't blame yourself. I didn't watch it. Um, you know exactly what it was. Yeah. You know. I guess you I just yeah. truly like, I, I, I don't watch broadcast well, they make it hard because I have a CBS All Access account, which is how I was able to keep up with it. Sure. Um, go peep on Murphy Brown's hot son because that's a hot, hot son. Okay. Avery Brown as uh, the character. I can't remember what the actor's name is, but he is a oh. big, tall, strapping army hammer with a beard looking dude. Like, okay. Good, good, good. Uh, I good will keep there. this. Yeah. <laughs> so, who had the musty performance of this episode? It's a... So, I love this cast. I truly, I, I like, I love the cast. Um, I'm just a Charles Kimbrough guy. Ah, oh, Jim. I you just, he's so funny, and I know his part is so small in this a episode. But he's so funny in it. <laughs> he's so happy that he had a dream. Every line he says is funny. I don't know. Yeah. I, I love me some Charles Cooper. I will I will go on that tip and I'll say Faith Ford. <gasps> okay. Yeah, I mean I, that heel joke, I mean it's very small. I mean I feel like Miles obviously Miles Grant Shaw does a very good job in this episode. It's yeah. basically his episode. Candace Bergen ain't there. <laughs> like yeah. he is proving I can lead this show if there needs to be a new Murphy Brown. <laughs> and props to Brian McNamara. I yes. I mean if it's not got... often that I remember a guest star yeah. turn yeah. 27 years later. Now, listeners, he starred in Army Wives most recently. He was a regular in Army Wives. So if you hey. like that Lifetime drama, I do believe Army Wives. I believe so, yeah. Sounds like a Lifetime drama. Um, must other people see this episode? Give it a look, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I do think, I think uh, in the scheme of your gay episodes that I'm doing this month, I feel like the Cheers one is better. Uh, Ellen's coming out episode is hilarious. It is hilarious, and we don't talk about how funny I almost it came is. out to my mother that night. That oh, really? Was so like big for me. Yeah, wow. that show it. was so funny. Yeah, I don't remember the gay episode of Cheers. Oh, it's uh, the boys in the bar, which I like a lot. Um, but oh, it is I want to watch it that. is intense. Uh, there's a lynching joke in it that's really good. <laughs> Oh boy! Okay. Yeah, just I don't know. It gets really dark, but the show goes dark um, to undercut how homophobic everyone else is being. Diane Chelly Long, Chelly Long has a great performance. It's a season one episode. Ooh, I'm gonna have to watch. Yeah, that. season one. So yes, that is the gay episode of Murphy Brown. Do we feel 
more prideful after <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, I do. Th- I, yes, I actually do because because watching it, it's such a it's such a snapshot of an era. Yeah, and we are light years beyond it. Well, it's like so like that that the first Bush. Like the George W. George H. W. Bush era is such a gay era, eighty eight to ninety two. Just like or I guess eighty nine ninety three. It just reads so. I think it's like real world happens in that time. There's all the Keith Keith Haring art. Like like sure. There's there's for some reason like I really think of that. I guess it's because that's when AIDS activism really yeah kind of over. And, and I also think that like queerness was no longer an immediate disqualifier. Yeah. Whereas, like, it honestly does feel like 92, like, a couple years before this, you couldn't do this episode. Uh, right. Like, I mean, even, that, even when it aired, they dumped they it dumped on some it on weird Wednesday. Wednesday. I need to find out what... That's the, what fucking that, crazy. Because that, that is... I don't know if it was homophobia, but it feels no, like it. No, they dumped it that It definitely episode. feels like they it. They dumped it. Well, where can people find you on the internet if they want to uh, bring their Murphy Brown truth or conspiracy? Yes, do it. Twenty-seven years um, later, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Hartney. Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at Hartney Michael, which I know is very confusing. It certainly confuses <laughs> everyone who tries to tag me in anything at all. Is there another one that's getting all your tags? Uh, was on Instagram at Michael Hartney is a, a jewelry designer. Um, uh, a mo- part-time model, it seems. Oh wow! Um, yeah, he's very striking looking. It's kind of a Jesus, <laughs> like an inked Jesus vibe, uh, which is uh, for those of you who don't know what I look like, not what I look like. <laughs> no, you're not an inked Jesus. No, I'm not an inked Jesus. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, those are the places. And that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Michael Hartney, for dropping by and talking about Murphy Brown with me. Next time, part three of the Pride Month celebration, I'll be discussing the Bob Newhart Show episode, Some of My Best Friends Are. Some of My Best Friends Are is in season five of the Bob Newhart Show. It's episode three of season five. And you can stream the Bob Newhart Show in its entirety on Hulu. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Tweet to Must Have Seen TV. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Must Have Seen TV. If you like what you've heard, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read the words that are right at Decider.com. The theme song is Apollo Throwdown by The Go Team. And additional music is Call Me Mother by RuPaul. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening, and I'll see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.